1: Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. This is Pamela Clark, and I'm the founder and executive director of the New Heights Educational Group and the owner of this podcast, Today we have a very special show. Um, it's our Christmas special, and we're actually featuring heroes of liberty. Before we introduce our guest, um, we'd like to, who will tell you about heroes of liberty. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning into our show for the holidays. Christmas is always a, a busy season for most, but a good Christmas radio show. Whether you're busy shopping for gifts or for loved ones, or even for those who are are not so busy, there's always time for a good radio show like ours. So, especially with this Christmas special. So talking about shopping, for those shopping who can't seem to find the right gift or want a Christmas uh, stocking stuffer for their children's Christmas stockings, how about some good books? Which will take me to my guest, Bethany Mandel. Who is editor and board member of Heroes of Liberty, Bethany? Uh, welcome and thank you for joining
2: us today. Thank you so much.
1: Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and why you're on our show today?
2: Sure. So I mean the the short story is we would love you to buy our books and and sort of make this part of your uh, part part of your your bookshelves uh, and your grandchildren's bookshelves and your friends' bookshelves. Um, So my name is Bethany Mandel, and I am editing a series of children's books uh, called Heroes of Liberty. The first three books that we've produced so far are about Thomas Sowell and uh, Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett and former President Ronald Reagan. And the idea behind Heroes of Liberty is we wanted to create a series of biographies about great Americans and sort of teach morality and teach morals, uh, through these wonderful stories, because I, I think that that's the best way to sort of share what we believe in as a people and as, you know, individual families. Um, and so we created these books, uh, with, with that in mind, sort of, uh, thinking back to, you know, the wonderful children books of, of my childhood and your childhood, beautifully illustrated, uh, really just artistically done, very, very beautifully. And uh, the prose is also really challenging and really um, just extremely uh, well done and captivating. And and that's sort of what we wanted to do. We wanted to hook kids in between the ages of around six to 12 and sort of share with them these wonderful stories and and sort of share our morals and our love of freedom and liberty um, through stories, which we think is the best way to sort of reach kids where they are. And that's great. I and you guys had donated to our organization
1: originally. Donated a soft cover and and one of the little figurines that come with it. And I love that. And then recently, you guys sent out one of each uh, or actually two of each of the books that you're talking about as hardbacks. And I thought they were just beautiful. They're just yeah. beautifully done.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. who was
1: your founder? Who was the creator of this idea of Heroes of Li- Liberty?
2: So it was a group of us, and we sort of sat down and decided. You know, that there's this um, there's this hole in the in the children's literature market, and um, and we're sort of concerned lovers of liberty and lovers of freedom, and and we decided. You know, we're watching what's happening with children's literature with Scholastic, but with you know a lot of other New York Central publishing houses where they're sort of pushing an agenda that we're not comfortable with and, and we don't think is appropriate for children. And we're just kind of like, well, why doesn't, why don't, why don't better books exist? And why don't both in terms of quality and also in terms of sort of the morals and the values and the stories that they tell, why, why don't better books exist? And, you know, that we sort of set out to create that. And so these first three books are our first venture into this market, but uh we I don't think they'll be the last. We've had tens of thousands of books sold so far and we've only been selling them for a month. So um we've been, yeah, I mean it's really uh it's really sort of proved to the market that there is a hunger and a thirst for this kind of content. And so uh we plan um in t- into 2022 to start releasing more books. And so the next book that we're hoping to release in February is John Wayne. And uh we have uh we have Margaret Thatcher in the works, we have Um, Douglas MacArthur, uh, Mark Twain is in the works. Uh, we've been talking about doing CS Lewis as well. Um, these sort of wonderful figures, uh, from, from our past, um, and, and also present. I mean, Thomas Sowell and, and Amy Coney Barrett are in our present, but, um, but yeah, I mean, they really exemplify everything that we want our kids to, um, to grow up believing and, um, and who we want our kids to be when they grow up.
1: So you do have a CEO though, right? Because I know you said there was a group of you. Is there a
2: specific CEO? Uh, yeah. So um, there. Yeah. So uh, it, it's based out of. Um, there's a, a publishing house in Israel, um, and there's an Israeli publishing house. It's sort of, you know, you have to you have to have a publishing arm. <laughs> so they're sort of uh, providing a lot of that. Uh, heavy lifting with um, finding printers and illustrators and all of those kinds of things—they're—they're um, they're the experts in the actual publishing uh, arena.
1: Wow! Wow! So, how did you find out about them originally?
2: So it's a small world. um, And I am sort of really well known among conservative circles as someone who's really passionate about uh, education and uh, children's literature. I I separately, you know, for a while now, I've had a a YouTube channel about the homeschool philosophy that we follow. I am a mother of five as well. I probably should have mentioned that. Uh, And I homeschool my oldest children. And, um, and so I, I have a sort of, you know, longstanding YouTube channel that I don't, I don't post to very frequently, but um, it's a labor of love for me. And uh, it's called Jewish Charlotte Mason homeschooling, if anyone's interested. Um, And I talk about, you know, my, my love of, of children's literature and the importance of children's literature and um, sort of the decline in, in uh, quality, uh, both, you know, storytelling illustrations and just sort of morality. I've talked a lot about that in the past. And so mutual friends sort of hooked us up and said, we know the, of this publisher who wants to do this. Do you want to be involved? And I was like, oh, my God, that was like created for me from God. Yes, <laughs> I'd love to be involved. Mm-hmm. And so um, so now I'm I'm editing the books because more than anything, I love to just critique children's books. And so now I get to do it and get paid.
1: <laughs> right. Well, that kind of brings us to our next question about your previous experience and knowledge and training. Um you know, did you bring to the heroes of Liberty in order for the company to be a success?
2: Yeah. So, um, so I'm a writer, um, that's sort of what I've been doing for the last, uh, probably 10 years or so. So, uh, I am a conservative writer and I, I write a lot about the intersections between the intersection between politics and parenting. And so, uh, I've been writing a lot about sort of COVID and, and kids, uh, for the last two years, but, uh, I've written, pretty much at any publication you can think of, I've written there, the New York times, the New York post, the Washington post, the New York daily news, the Atlantic. Um, I'm a, I, right now I'm contributing writer at Deseret news, uh, based out of Utah. Um, and so I, and also, um, the spectator as well. And so I, you know, I've written for, you know, every major publication in America pretty much. Um, and, uh, and, I also own literally thousands of children's books and I homeschool my children. And so, um, you know, this writing and, and children's literature, this is, you know, this is what I've been doing for the last 10 years of my life and I've been homeschooling my children. Um, they've never really gone to school. And so I'm not sure when you sort of count when I've become in homeschooling, but um, <laughs> my, I mean, my oldest is eight years old. So I don't know. I don't know how long I've been technically homeschooling, but, right, um, but yes. That. So I, you know, I've been, yeah. you know, I've read thousands and thousands of children's books, uh, over the course of my parenting life for the last you know, eight and a half years. Um, and so, yeah, I, it was, it was really a perfect fit because, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm very, uh, immersed in that world of children's literature just because of homeschooling my children. Um, but I'm also really aware of, um, sort of what's going on in the, um, uh, in the world of children's literature from a sort of political perspective and, and sort of the, the ideological rot and, and not just ideological rot, but, you know, the, the rotten quality as well. Um, and, uh, and so the, those sorts of things, I, I feel like I was, I was quite uniquely positioned to, um, to sort of take on this role. And, um it's it's one that I'm really excited for the the sort of end result that we we would like to accomplish is sort of creating a more moderate and wholesome version of scholastic and having all a whole bunch of series of books and you know this this and and I think that we will we I mean, we've sold tens of thousands of books in you know the last three and a half weeks so um there's definitely yeah. a hunger for this
1: yeah i know and and there is for For just learning in general, but yeah, in our history, and I know we're partners with um, Hillsdale College, and they're doing a fantastic job as well. I mean, yeah,
2: yeah, I've been there a few times. Oh, it's it's
1: wonderful the work they're doing.
2: Being on campus is like stepping back in time, um, in the best way possible. I um, I've I, one of my favorite stories about Hillsdale, um, I went there with um. Well, I went there twice. I went there when I was um, nine months pregnant with my third child. And it was like the last possible week that I was technically allowed to fly. And <laughs> He was nine pounds at birth. So I was very big at like 35 That's weeks tough. pregnant. And uh, everyone opened the door for me. And uh, it's, it's, it's really sad that this is notable, but I, 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 w- I want to say it. Every single person yeah. made eye contact with me, which is something that doesn't wow. happen anymore with college students. Everyone called me ma'am. Everyone held the door open for me. Everyone was really kind and, and thoughtful. And then I went back to campus uh, with that baby because I w- he, he was nursing. And so I was sort of tied to him. And uh, he was about four months old. And my phone uh, just died. Like I, I, on, when I landed in Chicago, my phone just stopped working. And I had a whole day of meetings there and um, I couldn't access my email. I couldn't access Facebook. I couldn't access my text messages. And I had had a babysitter set up there and I had no way of contacting her. And so the only, uh, the only thing I had access to was Twitter. And so I posted a tweet and I have I have a, a large number of Twitter followers. And so I said, Um, if anyone is, uh, at Hillsdale and wants to babysit my baby today, please send me a message privately. And I got like seven or eight messages and I, I gave him to, uh, a group of young women who were, um, who were all living together right off of campus, like steps away from campus. And they figured out with their schedule, how they could pass him between them, um, depending on, you know, who had class or whatever. And we sort of sat down with their schedule and coordinated when he would come to me to nurse. Um, And I I was in meetings with all of these Hillsdale um, senior administrators all day. And, you know, (laughs) the girls would keep on popping in with him (laughs) to nurse. And they and I sort of told them the story over the course of the day, because we had all day meetings and they were like, how did you find these girls? I'm like, I just posted a tweet. And they were like, you just (laughs) heard them your baby. And I'm like, well, I mean, Hillsdale kids, like if, if they're admitted here, I trust them with my baby. So yes. <laughs> and they did wow. a great job and, you know, everyone was good and happy and, you know, survived the day in a beautiful way. But um, it's just like that, that really speaks to just how much faith I have in, in Hillsdale and the students that I just handed my baby to people that sent me a message on Twitter that I had never interacted with prior but they were Hillstone yeah. students. So I handed them over. They're wonderful. They're yeah. they're
1: wonderful. Oh, just love them. But we, we offer all their courses through our site, through our free and discounted course page on our annex. And we've been a longstanding partner with them now for years. I don't even know how long, but um, I don't think I had mentioned to you that I was a homeschool mom for 13 years. Oh, so I wonderful. know exactly what you're talking about. Like, I totally get it. <laughs> I There's a lot of, of books. Too, so.
2: Yeah, and Good I and I, I love books,
1: love books. Love the smell yeah. books. Love holding yep. a book.
2: Yeah, and that's no, that's something that books. I love about the curriculum at Hillsdale too. So we we follow the Charlotte Mason curriculum in our house, and so it's literature oh. based. Like that's you know that's all we do is read mm-hmm. out loud. And that's something that I love about the Hillsdale curriculum. I uh, I wish you know had I known where the conversation was going, I would have dug it out. But I have the entire you know, 300 page curriculum printed out. And I, I had it printed and I had it spiral bound because I, I refer to it all the time. And there's a ton of overlap between the books that we're reading in their curriculum. I'm, ba- I'm basically following their curriculum. Um, and it's, I mean, the 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 bedrock of of an education is literature and right. they do it beautifully and i mean i i kind of i wish i could go back in time and get a hillsdale education myself and i mean that's what's amazing about the courses (laughs) but you can (laughs) yeah Uh, but they have they have such a focus on great books and you know these are the books that you have to read to be sort of a literate american and we don't care what your major is you have to read these books and that's something that i really love about hillsdale
1: so now they're featuring these is that what you're saying
2: no they're not I, I I mean if you want to call them and tell them they should I'd love that. I'm just saying I th- I think we're I think we're, yeah. we're reading from the same script. We we all love literature. We all understand the mm-hmm. importance of literature. Um and the importance of great stories and the importance of um of sort of having the right kinds of heroes. Um and, uh, oh, and history I mean, in general. Yeah. The truth oh, of and history. Speaking of Hillsdale, um, Dr. Arne's favorite person in the whole world is going to be one of our heroes, Winston Churchill.
1: Oh, how neat. I'm so
2: That's excited so for fun. that one. I should <laughs> I should email Dr. Arne directly and be like, hello, Dr. Arne, yeah. I have a children's book made for you, sir.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they would welcome this. I would think it'd be because yeah, really, when I was looking at it, it really reminded me of it. I mean, there's only... Yeah. You know, a, a very small handful of of people that are advocating for our right. history right now, yes. and for teaching the truth and yeah. uh against indoctrination and mm-hmm. and so I mean I could count them on literally one hand. So yeah, well, <laughs> I mean n- now we're now we're Hill your pinky finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd be Hillsdale College, the classic learning test. Love fan of that. Yeah, I'm I'm going course, on his podcast actually. Oh, he's wonderful. Yeah,
2: yeah been I'm going Jer- him
1: since almost yep. the beginning.
2: Oh, I love it. So I'm going <laughs> right on his after- podcast in a couple of weeks um to actually, talk about his right
1: Yeah, right after he um partnered with Homeschool Legal Defense. I think they had hooked us up.
2: Okay. And um, I'm, I'm a ma- member of HSLA. Yeah.
1: Mhm. And as soon as I seen they partnered with him, I was like looked into it I know I know that the classic learning test was the answer to many parents prayers yeah because it was really different and I I really I don't care for the SAT or ACT or any of those tests so I really advocate strongly for the classic learning test. and we were before the pandemic we we were giving the tests in this area and oh um, funny they're, they're wonderful people. Yeah. And it we like, the, <laughs> but literally you can count on one hand, but so I just yeah. named the top four that advocate for parent rights, liberty, and, and sharing knowledge and history yeah. of what's made America great.
0: Yeah.
1: But then, I mean, I do think world history is also important, but because it, it also teaches um you know the mistakes that have been made by other cultures Uh and so forth and and also things that we can learn from them that were successes but so um backing up a little bit um I know you said a group of people got together and talked about creating these books were you part of that initial group or how did you get involved with yeah yeah
2: yeah I mean it, it we I was involved pretty much from the start um And we, uh, we just sort of, I mean, exactly what you said, like we, we saw this really gaping hole in the market. Um, And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's hard as a parent with young children to sort of, I mean, so the book that I love talking about most is, is the Amy Coney Barrett book. And so I own a lot of books about young women, I have an eight-year-old daughter who has a list of think of future jobs that is like a mile long. She wants to be an entomologist, a geologist, uh, a, a nurse. Um, I, I honestly I couldn't even list the current list because it's ever evolving. And um, and one of the things she says she wants to be is a mom of six. She's put the number at six. Uh, we have five kids, so I think that she's trying to. To, to make some hints, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> so she she we own a lot of books about like really impressive. Women, um, women who were like oh, there's a woman called there's a book called Shark Lady that we love, and it's a woman who studied sharks. Um, we have a story, we have a book that's about a woman from about a hundred years old who was uh sort of the entomologist in at uh, some like London zoo or something. I should more no I should remember more because I've read this book three, thirty, 30 hundred times. Um we have a lot of books wow. about Katherine Johnson, who's uh, you know the famous NASA scientist. And we love all of these books and they're so wonderful. Um, but None of them, I think, if they were, none of them are mothers. And if they were, the books never mention it. And for me personally, oh, and that my motherhood, I mean, I, I do a lot of impressive things. Like I write for the New York Post, the New York Daily News, and then the New York Times, the New York Post. Like I do all of these things. But when you ask me what my job is, I will tell you I'm a mother first, because that is the most right. sacred duty that has been entrusted to me. Um, and so, you know, when my daughter's reading all of these books about, um, about, careers and sort of picturing her life and in the future of her life, none of them mention motherhood. And this Amy Coney Barrett book, it talks about the fact that she's a very successful uh, Supreme Court justice and sort of the trajectory of her life from the beginning to now. but it, it, it places a strong emphasis on her motherhood and it talks about how she prioritizes her family and how on you know every birthday of her children she bakes them a birthday cake, which is something I don't do. She has seven children. Um, and it, huh. it's just, it's a, it's a really powerful sort of message that young girls are not getting now that you can do it all and also be a mother and that motherhood is important and that motherhood is sacred and it's holy. And, um, and that really, that was the thing that she took from that book more than anything. And, um, and I, I just, I love hearing her talk about it because she says, yeah, she's, she's a judge and all this, and she's a mom and she's really excited about talking about Amy Coney Barrett's huh. motherhood. Um, and I, I think that's really powerful.
1: Yeah, that's really neat. Well, we're going to take a short uh, commercial break, and then we'll be right back. Hello, listeners. If you're the New height Show on Education, or donate to our organization, please visit www.newhottieducation.org. While you're there, check out our online store at e-i-education-group.myshowcud.com. Welcome back, everybody. This is Pamela Clark, and I'm here interviewing Bethany Mandel, who's with Heroes of Liberty. And, um, we were just before the commercial break we were talking about motherhood and um the uh the book I'm sorry, Comey what was it the title of it again
2: so we were talking about the Amy Coney Barrett book um and th- yeah. that's one of the first three books that we've released
1: right so um. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't read that one yet. I'm, I'm excited to do so. Like I said, they're just beautiful, but I haven't had a chance to read it yet. So that's exciting to hear that it has that element in it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's a really, it's a, it's a strong undercurrent. And one of the things I also really loved about that book was um, it talks about her, her decision to adopt from Haiti. And um, and after reading that book, um, we, we've spoken a little bit about uh, the concept of adoption and foster care and all those things just because we have people in our lives that have have done those things. They have fostered and they've adopted. Um, but it's not appropriate to ask those people um, sort of <laughs> specifics of what, you know, what happened, what went into that right. decision, all those things. And so this was a really wonderful and, and, and it. It made me realize that this this something we actually should be reading more of also, um, but this was a really yeah. wonderful introduction to the idea of um, of adoption. And after we read it, my eight year old daughter was like, maybe I want to adopt. Maybe I mean, I think it's such a wonderful thing that she took him out of that. Um, that really just difficult situation uh, in his home country of Haiti after the, her, after the, the earthquake and gave him a home and, and loved him like his mother, like she loves all of her children the same. And, um, and that was a really powerful message for my daughter. Um, and it, it made me realize that uh, that there's a hole in you know what we've been reading to her and, and we need more of that kind of content. Wonderful.
1: So um, what skills do you have which helped launch these
2: books. So my personal mm-hmm. skills <laughs> are talking. I know you have
1: talked about a little bit. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm very good at talking. So uh, I've spoken to <laughs> Fox News and Megyn Kelly uh, most recently. Um, and so that's, that's sort of, I'm, I'm the public face of of the company. And um, you know, it's a bizarre skill to have, but I think it is a skill, talking. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and um and my other skill is mm-hmm. being critical. And so I, that's my job as the editor to sort of sit down and say, I don't like the scene. I, I think the scene needs to be expanded. I think that this this topic go, jumps too quickly, and we, we have a fabulous team of writers, and I'm merciless. <laughs> and I say, I don't yeah. like this part. I don't like this part. I love this part. This is great. Um, what is this illustration going to look like? I think we should have a map here. Um, and so I get to sort of just uh, critique everyone else's really hard work <laughs> until I think it's perfect. So it's it's really a perfect job for me. I can um, I can be critical of other people, and then I can just run my mouth in the media.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Those are all skills. You're right. <laughs> I guess so. So, um, did you did Heroes of Liberty face any obstacles when they were starting up?
2: Yeah. So I think that the the biggest obstacle for us was finding illustrators. Um, we and this is something that I I believe very deeply. Um, children's mm-hmm. books need to be really beautifully illustrated, and I'm I'm going to absolutely massacre this author's name. Um, he's a, he's a Japanese writer, Gaio Fujiyama. Is that, do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, no, um, I don't. I'm not familiar. You, oh gosh. You, if you, if you have young children in your life, um, you have yeah, to, yeah. Um, you have to grab his books. So uh, Fu, Fujikawa, that's, that's his name. And he's, he's a writer and he's an illustrator and he's a very classic, Writer and illustrator, and I own literally every single one of his books. And they are, um, it was actually f- funny. My, my mother, well, this part isn't funny, but my mother died when I was on the younger side. And so I, I have a big tote mm. box from my childhood and I opened it up and I, I had accidentally duplicated a lot of books that I owned from my childhood just because I found them. And I was like, oh my God, this is beautiful. And then I opened the box and realized like, oh, that's probably why I thought it was beautiful because I grew up reading that and I didn't remember it. Um, so now oh. I have doubles of a couple of these books, um, but he's a very classic, beautiful illustrator. Um, some of my favorite books of his are a child book of poems an A to Z picture book, uh, fairy tales and fables, mother goose. Um, and they're, they're my favorite books from my childhood and they're my children's favorite books. Now my kids, even my two-year-old gravitates towards his books in a way that she doesn't with the others. She slept with one of them for months, um so I, I own all of his books and and the underlying thread of all of his books are, they are some of the most beautiful illustrations you'll ever see in your life. And so this idea that illustrations in children's books are just as important, if not more important than the prose is something that I, I really strongly believe. And so when we were trying to find illustrators, we said, we, this is not something we're going to skimp on. Um, it, we were going to do it right. And it's going to cost us a lot more money, but that's that's okay, because this is the product that we want to put out. And so we approached, you know, the, the best illustrators in America. And they heard that they were going to be illustrating books about Thomas Sowell and Ronald Reagan and Amy Coney Barrett. And they said, no, thank you. We do not want that. And, um, and they really? were scared about, yeah, they were scared about getting canceled. And so we had to go to illustrators. And so as a result, we have illustrators from around the world. We have illustrators from Brazil, from Nigeria, from Bulgaria. Um, and they're incredibly wow. talented. And they're not afraid of the American cancel culture. Um, But that I mean, that was a really, really big challenge in the beginning was sort of stepping out of the English speaking world and stepping away from people who might have familiarity with Ronald Reagan or Amy Coney Barrett and sort of trying to find um, the best illustrators from around the world and having to overcome really significant language barriers to do so. Um, and now mm. we sort of have a stable of the illustrators that we love. Uh, there's another book coming out. Um, I don't remember the release date, but it'll be early in 22 um, about Alexander Hamilton. And that book, mm. the illustrator is just stunning. Um, some of, I mean, this, this guy has no business illustrating children's books, but I would like no one to tell him that because I want him to illustrate all of our children's books.
1: (laughs) Um, but there, I mean, it's
2: just beautiful. I mean, I, I, one, there's one scene, um, uh, from his childhood on the, on the Island, He, he grew up in the Caribbean and, um, and there's one scene where I was like, Oh my God, like you can see the facial expression on that woman in the background, like that that you can't look away from her face and she's just, you know, she's right in the background you know, you're not really focused on it, but it's um, it's a really powerful uh, illustration. Uh, Just uh, all the illustrations are just really wonderful and we're blown away. Um, And, you know, I, I I think that the, I think that there's a reason for everything and, you know, while it was hard in the beginning, I think that um, we found the right people and we did the right work and, um, you know, it presented us challenges in the beginning, but, you know, our hard work paid off. I mean, that's, that's kind of the theme, Thomas Sowell book, you put the hard work in Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then you reap the benefits. Um, so I I think that that's what we did
1: with that book. One of the things I noticed with the Thomas Sowell book was that there were two different writers. Like you have two versions of that book, two different authors
2: Oh so so th- those are pen names we because it was such a sort of collaborative group effort um we every book has a pen
0: name at one day university So there's I don't oh, even know who we
2: who, who who we gave credit for that oh, book but um oh, but it would have been okay. too hard to sort of put one name on it so we just kind of like put a name.
1: Oh, <laughs> that's very interesting. Yeah. So you talked about the challenges in development or with the illustrators was there any challenges in launching it
2: or getting a um, publisher I mean, to pick it up or so I mean that's that's why we sort of we went with the Israeli publisher because he had the he had mm-hmm. the sort of capability to do that. Um, I mean I think we had the the normal supply chain issues that everyone in the world is currently having. Um, we wanted the figurines to be out by Christmas time and they're not, um, so that was frustrating. Um, and, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that, I think every company has sort of hiccups, but I think the wonderful thing about what we're doing is everyone is really ideologically on the same page and we understand the mission mm-hmm. that's in front of us and sort of the, the, the trust that parents are putting in us to sort of share our, our morals and our ideas about the, you know, the past and the future. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we're, we're, it, it's, it's been easy to work together. That's important. Yeah.
1: Really important. So here, Heroes of Liberty publishes books about famous people considered to be heroes. And um I guess you've already named some of the books that you've already published. So it's just those three, correct?
2: Yeah, so far. And then the next book that we're um that we're planning on coming up with is uh uh John Wayne in February.
1: February. So that'll okay. be
2: that'll be a fun one. Um, there, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of talk sort of in the, um, in in popular culture about toxic masculinity. And this is sort of, we chose John Wayne as sort of a direct response to that. And, uh, he, he he has a non-toxic masculinity and, and, you know, I, I think it's, as much as I love the Amy Coney Barrett book for the messages that it sends my daughter, I love the John Wayne book for the message that it will send my sons. Um, it's, you know, how a man should be and how a man should behave and, um, behaving, uh, in a moral and upright way. And, um, it's, it's, it's a really, it's going to be a wonderful message for young boys as will, I think, honestly, the Mark Twain book, uh, because it introduces Mark Twain to, to this audience who, I mean we're seeing Mark, Mark Twain getting canceled a little bit now and, and not just canceled, but also um, people are just not reading him enough. And so this is sort of an introduction uh, that I plan on using like me personally in my homeschool. <laughs> we're going to read the Mark Twain book right. and then we're going to read Huck Finn. And I hope other parents but do too. Neat.
1: I think um, for me personally, uh, my, my grandmother raised me through formative years. She was pretty conservative. I mean, she was raised a Mennonite which in turn I was kind of raised a Mennonite but then she became a Baptist which is such a difference you know there but she still had these root root ideas of what America was and if you saw something that you didn't think was right and if you could change it that you had a duty to do so and um, I've kind of inherited that in a sense from her but being raised by someone, you know, like a a, a generation, you know, like if, you know, I was a grandmother, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, yeah. I was kind of raised on all of those classic stories, and she had like this beautiful fairy tale book. I, I can't remember. I I have it. I have it still, and um, and I just loved it. It had all the the classics in it, very beautifully done. And actually, I had it uh, looked at one time for um. Just to have an appraisal on it and back in the it would have been around 89 or 90 when I had it appraised they said it was worth like a couple hundred dollars just one book alone because it had color pages in it when it when it was a time when those that was illegal to do when it when book was made (laughs) but um I I I still have it I want to buy another one because I mean, I have grandchildren, and um, I want to make sure that each of my grandchildren have a copy of of this fairy tale book that's very colorful and has a lot of um, different stories in it. and yeah. um, but you know, there was like these biblical children's stories too. And, and i like, <laughs> I can't think of all the names of of all the authors and all the publisher or what who put what out, but they were very much part of my childhood so when I when I finally had a, a chance to really look at Heroes of Liberty I, I was really blown away and then when the books came they they were just beautiful my husband he was here at the time that I opened them and he's like wow mm. those are gorgeous you know? yes. <laughs> so I'm telling everybody you should really check these books out because we're not exaggerating the beauty beauty of them and and they're just they're just gorgeous this gorgeous i'm i'm looking forward to you and sharing them with my grandchildren and whoever else wants to have a story yeah
2: yeah we we're we're i I think that's the thing that excites us the most that we've had such a successful you know initial launch but we know that readers like you are going to go to their friends and say you have to pick up these books they're fantastic um and so yeah You know, I I think that we're just going to grow exponentially once sort of word of mouth hits and people start talking about it, you know, in in, where where we all talk about books, Facebook groups and, you know, at play at playdates. And um, I I, I think that there there's going to be a really sort of slow burn on these for a while where people are just, you know, catching on more and more until eventually um, we sort of hit the mainstream.
1: So how many do you think you'll be publishing a year?
2: I mean, the goal is a hundred a year. <laughs> we have wow, sort of a business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's we have, cool. we have a business plan in mind, but for now, um, you know, for the, for the initial um, probably two years, the goal is one a month. Um, and so starting in uh, February, we're going to start with Mark or um, we're, we're starting with John Wayne in February and then we're plugging through one a month. And, you know, I know I've personally had laid eyes on six or seven. So, um like in the future six or seven future books after john wayne so we're definitely going to get through 22 i think um with all the content that we already have and you know we're not even into the into the year yet so
1: are you looking for help like are you looking for more writers or um um, a little a little bit
2: Mm -hmm. a little bit not quite yet i i think that our main writer uh is getting a little burned out and so that's why it's Mm -hmm. sort of been a team effort um so we've brought on a couple of, um, a couple of, you know, fellow homeschool moms, honestly, um, that I'm, I'm friendly with and, and they heard I was working on this project and they were like, can I get involved? So we have a couple of, um, we have a couple of writers sort of coming down the pike that, um, we're going to work with in the process. Um, and, you know, the goal eventually is to, you know, have a whole, a whole stable of writers. Um, but for now, um, we're we're starting slow, and we're trying to be really deliberate and really careful because we want the quality and we want the content to be just you know what we what we want on our library on our in our library shelves and our bookshelves. That's what we want to produce, and so we're trying to be really careful and really deliberate at, at the outset. You want you want
1: the truth of the history of each person. Yeah,
2: yeah, and and just well done books, and that you know that takes a lot of time and attention to detail, um, and so you know we're. Um, we're, I mean, I think, I think the harder thing for us is trying to, to pinpoint who we want the heroes to be. And so, um, you know, I've, I've talked about a couple of them. Um, Mark Twain, John Wayne, Margaret Thatcher, Winston Churchill. Um, I think C.S. Lewis is in there. I, I've heard rumblings of C.S. Lewis a few times. Um, but I think there's, you know, conversations about who, who constitutes a hero of liberty. And, um, and so that, that is, those are fun sort of conversations to have and fun debates to have, because, um, we're kind of like talking about Abraham Lincoln. Well, he did this, well, he did this, and he will be one of our heroes of liberty, but, uh, cause we're going to have a president's series and a founding father series, but, um, but it's, uh, it's, it's, they're fun debates. I'll say that.
1: Have you ever thought, and I know this is kind of out there a little bit, <laughs> but yeah. as I, I, I'm i listening to you, you talk, things come to mind, of course, because, you know, I'm a thinker and a planner yeah. kind of like you are, but um, have you ever thought of doing the Statue of Liberty?
2: Oh, that's interesting. No, no, we've, we've stuck to humans, but that's a really interesting.
1: Yeah,
2: um, because what tangent, symbol yeah. has
1: been greater and calling, you know, the our
2: ancestors here just so i I think i think a lot of it is also like who do we feel like i mean we we are a for profit we're we're trying to make profit and so i think we're also kind of looking Mm -hmm. at the children's book market and seeing where the holes are um and we are the we've produced the first children's book about thomas soul uh the first children's book about amy coney barrett meanwhile there's like 27 about ruth bader ginsburg um and I, i mean i've I've never come across children's books by Margaret Thatcher or Winston Churchill um, I think that some I think that there might be some Ooh. variations of those in the who is books but I don't mm-hmm. find those to be very well produced to be totally frank um, mm-hmm. the, I feel like they're sort of just um, they're xeroxed <laughs> they kind of like pick Literally. a couple facts I, I mean that that's just my impression there's there's a, a line of books mm-hmm. called Who is. And they just kind of list facts. They're not very well-written. They're not well-illustrated. They're not, they're not, what, what Charlotte Mason homeschoolers, um, the term that we use is living books. Uh, they're not living books. They're not, they're not captivating. They're not, they're not telling a lesson. They're not teaching a moral. It's just a bunch of facts and a few pictures. Um, and so if there are books about Winston Churchill and Margaret Thatcher, it's, it's that kind of stuff. Um, and so we're sort of really producing the first books of, of this kind
1: mm-hmm yeah i can see that so i know you said that you have a publisher in israel so they they create everything there and then ship them to you here in the united states or how does no, that work the publishing? i
2: i think that they're printed physically somewhere here i on i honestly don't know where they're actually physically printed but um it's it's a really fun sort of collaborative effort that, uh, is very Google doc <laughs> based, uh, uh-huh. because we have illustrators all around the world. So we have illustrators in Nigeria and Bulgaria and Brazil. And, um, I think six continents now is where we're, is, wow. is what we're, you know, we just got to get somebody on Antarctica, maybe at McMurdo Station somewhere. We'll write a book about Shackleton. Somebody will write a draw a picture from us from Antarctica from McMurdo Station. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean we have writers and editors and uh, illustrators from every continent, so uh, it's it's a real collaborative effort uh, worldwide. And the, I, the hardest part about that is the time zones.
1: Yeah, and we deal with that here at New Heights the Educational Group because we have. All volunteers that work here, and they're from all over the world. I think there's 92 of us right now, wow. and um, and literally from all over the world. Um, so we we deal with that on a regular basis. But it it's um you build relationships and they become like family. They're just yeah. I, I work with the the greatest bunch of people that you could ever ever hope to work with and they're also positive and and loving Mm -hmm. towards each other and excited to work with different people from different cultures and um, but I understand what you mean completely and also and and the languages as well Uh, but but that kind of stuff it's helped me become a better person because it's helped me with patience and and not and not just assuming like if you misunderstand something I mean it could be a cultural thing you know, and so you really can't have an ego, You, you know, you can't have an ego, you can't have, because you're dealing with people from many different beliefs, and I, I try never to, like, take anything personal, and I try to, like, make time to talk to each person if there's ever an issue, which is pretty rare, actually, because volunteers are a special bunch of people, you know, they're, they're not, like, the regular, you know, for profit, we're not 501c3 nonprofit, but um, vol- volunteers are just special. They're a special yeah. breed of human, you know. So, but we got to take another quick commercial break, and we will be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest-growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully accredited online school. That's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. Welcome back, everyone. This is Pamela Clark, and I'm with Bethany Mandel, and we're talking about Heroes of Liberty, which is an all-new series of books that are coming out. And we're, we're learning about each other as we, we go through and through the interview. And I hope you're enjoying the show so far. I think it's pretty exciting, and I'm excited about these books. And um, I know that you've talked about uh, different people from all over that are helping with illustrations and these writers. Um, how many people in all are, are, are working on these? And is there anybody you want to name?
2: so honestly i think so i think everyone sort of wants to stay behind the scenes because um and and i also don't want to name anyone (laughs) because then i don't want to insult anyone um but gosh i mean uh i i couldn't even put a number on it um
0: at one day university the world is always on but you shouldn't be put junk sleep to bed during mattress firm's labor day sale get a king for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to seven hundred dollars on ceiling talk to a sleep expert and unjunk your sleep today mattress firm
2: probably probably a dozen sort of core people between you know the accountants to the illustrators to the sort of project coordinators to the ceo to myself um sort of different like media um arms or whatever but i would say it's probably like 15 15 people is probably a good guess um and we um and i i think i i want to rewind for a second and sort of answer one of your other questions um you know, what, what challenges that we've faced. One of the other ones is uh, we've had a little bit of a hard time getting on Amazon. And so we're selling the books directly, um, directly on our website, heroesofliberty.com. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a complicated process with, um, with, you know, how you're categorized and and all those things. And, um, and so we've, yeah. So we've just, yeah. So we've just been selling on our website, heroesofliberty.com. That's it. Um, and so that's, it, it's, it's even more impressive when you consider the fact that we've sold as many books as we have and not on yeah. Amazon, which Amazon sells 80% of books now. Um, and we've sold zero on Amazon. So only available wow. on our website.
1: Man. It, and it's because of the, the topic. Is that the I mean, issue I wanna, of why they I don't won't? know?
2: I don't know. I, I haven't been involved in that those conversations directly because um, because they just don't they don't really relate to the work that I'm doing. But um, I think that there was some debate about um, how we're categorized and they've sort of categorized us as as political uh, and we're, we're not political. Like if, if if we're political, then children's biographies of Ruth Bader Ginsburg are also political uh, and they don't characterize them as such. Um, so I I think there's been a little bit of a, a debate about sort of how we're categorized and, and also just sort of the technical, um, you know, on the back of every book, um, you can see me, but your viewers can't, but, uh, there's supposed to be like a USB thing on the, you know, on the corner. And so, um, or ISBN, that's what I'm looking for. (laughs) ISBN. And so it's just, it's, it's been a little complicated getting that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Wow. So,
2: yeah. So, um, so Yeah
1: that's not cool. That's really not that you have those issues. I mean,
2: yeah. Yeah. So that's been, that's been a big challenge because Amazon owns the market. Um, but in a way, I think, I mean, I think everything is a, is a blessing in disguise. And I think that that was a blessing in disguise yeah. because um, we have, you know, the contact information of every single person who's bought our book, whereas we might not have that if we were selling on Amazon. Um, and so we mm-hmm. can sort of re remarket what we're doing. That's like the technical term. We can remarket to all the people who have bought our books and tell them about, you know, you bought our three books. We hope you enjoyed them. Uh, now John Wayne is available. Now Margaret Thatcher is available. Uh-huh. And so we can sort of send those emails and say, you know, check out the new book. You loved the first three, we hope. Um, and here's the next one. And so, um, I, I think it honestly might've been a blessing in disguise, uh, because we can keep in touch with our customers in a much easier way.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> this is interesting. I I don't know if you've ever. It's way off topic. Sorry, but um, have you ever heard of Slave City? No. Well, it's something I follow and I love. And he's a person that's uh, kind of. He talks about nutrition, what's good for you, and what products to stay away from, why to stay away from them, things that are good for your body, you know, and and so forth, and. And him and his wife are, are just freaking fantastic. But anyways, they they originally went to HGTV and pitched their idea. And he does all these videos during the week. Sometimes they're cooking with their little two-year-old daughter who's Rose. And um, she actually has her own workstation. And she's quite the little cook for being two years old. <laughs> but um, he, he pitched his idea to HGTV. They said no. And he, he just does it all himself through his own site, Slave City. Wow. And he has like 3 million followers. Wow. Three million wow. on his own. That's incredible. Own. <laughs> so so like when you're talking, I'm like thinking of these types of stories that I know of that people will turn their, their nose up at. And they're like, well, no, because they don't get it just because somebody tells you no does not mean you should stop. You know, you, you we yeah, should follow yeah. our dreams and our passions and we should see projects through because we don't know why we're called to do those things, but the good Lord does. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Amen. We we gotta follow our paths no matter what those look like. And and doors will open. Doors will open when we do that. So that's that says a lot about what you've guys have already accomplished on your own. And you're gonna reap the benefit and
2: Amazon, just like
1: HGTV, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're kicking themselves. <laughs> yeah. They I mean, I, I think, I
2: think eventually, I, I hope eventually we'll get there, but I think, I think it's on honestly in a, in our best interest, at least in the beginning to, um, to have as much contact as we can with, with our customers. And, um, and I think it'll help us with the launch.
1: Oh, uh, Oh, definitely. I'm sure. So uh, along with the books, um, you touched a little bit on the figurine and we received one, the the Thomas Hole, but um, tell us a little bit about the figurine idea and, you know, who thought that up and and why they thought to include that with the books. I mean, what's the vision for the figurines?
2: I mean, I th- I think that we just we were thinking, you know, what would be a great gift. And to be quite honest with you, I haven't really seen the Vicarines because my husband stole them and brought them to work with him. So I feel like <laughs> it was a good decision because my husband stole them. Um, and so I think the thinking is, and I think it's correct, that you know, the it's it's a it's a product that is interesting to the whole family. Um, and the books are wonderful for the kids and Um, I mean, I don't know, maybe we're strange, maybe we're a strange family, but my, my husband just loved the figurines and I love the figurines too. And my kids also, my, my kids are uh, very imaginative and, and they love um, they love sort of imagining things. I think I probably would have gone with like a plush doll versus a figurine, but the difference I think, Mm. and I think, I think that it was probably the right decision is that the figurine sort of appeals to everyone. Whereas a doll only appeals to children. But, um, Ooh. but it's sort of, a, it's, a, it's a whole family gift and, um, and, you know, people might not have kids in their lives that they want to buy for, but I mean, who doesn't, who doesn't want a figurine on their desk <laughs> of Thomas yeah. Sowell?
1: So, so was that part of the initial talk uh, between all of the people that, that, that wanted these books was it part of the vision, the original vision, or did it come later?
2: So I think it, we just were trying to make it appeal to as many people as possible. And you know, Thomas and Amy Coney Barrett and Ronald Reagan are heroes of, you know, adults, and we want yeah. them to be adult. We want them to be the heroes of children as well for children as well. And, you know, we, uh, we wanted a way to sort of make an interesting, fun product for adults. And so, um, and we saw we thought that the figurines might be a fun way to do that. And, and we've, we've seen sort of the success of figurines, um, sort of in the general market. And so we just thought it would be a fun way to, um, you know, reach, reach another audience with the same sort of message of, you know, these are heroes and, you know, there's someone who you want to figure on your desk.
1: So, and, and I know that for the plushes, for, for the idea of plushes, I mean, I know that was it Kohl's, they already do that where they sell a book yeah. and a plushie that goes with the book. So that's yeah. kind of been done. So it was really brilliant. It was a smart idea to do a figurine. I mean, and there is definitely a market in general because every movie, now even video yeah. games, like yeah. characters, they make these, you know, they make the statues, the, the. Yep. you know what I'm talking about, the figurines yeah. for oh, each totally, of yeah. Of the the characters. action figures, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah the action figures. Yeah. So that's been a market for years or they wouldn't be doing that. You know? so yeah. It's yeah. No, I, I, I
2: think it was, I think it was the right decision. Um, we, my yeah. husband happens to have a figurine collection. That's like the most, you know, eclectic figurine collection in the world. He has Jeff Goldblum, you know, the guy, the actor, and he has, uh, yeah. Yitzhak Rabin and, um, Mayer, Golda Mayer and, Uh, Now he has Thomas Sowell and Ronald Reagan, and uh, he has a million figurines of Queen Elizabeth. (laughs) He's like a big monarchist. Yeah. You see my funny, my husband's a really funny guy. I like him a lot. And it's, it's funny because you know, you look at his desk and it tells you a lot about who he is, Um, who, who he wants to collect the figurines of. It tells you a lot about who they are. And, um, and I think it really sort of, made his figurine collection a little more full circle because, you know, he's got Jeff Goldblum, he's got the queen. And, uh, but you know, these figurines didn't exist. Um, and I, I got him, there's a, there's an Israeli company, um, that produces a whole bunch of um, sort of Israeli heroes. <laughs> and so I bought him for that for Hanukkah last year. That was his or birthday present. I don't remember. Um, so now he has sort of the American ones too, um, and he—that's why oh, he like inst- he they came and he instantly stole, Amy Coney Barrett and Ronald Reagan and Thomas Soul, and he was like, "This will go on my desk at work alongside Queen Elizabeth." And I'm like, "Okay, great." Wow.
1: Now, uh, my next question is about audio books, or even the idea, and I had this this week because we, we're having um, we have a, a online reading program virtual reading program it's in different tiers and we're growing it from our third tier to our fourth and fifth so now every age group of student is covered and we have like a list of books on that page of what we'd be pulling from to read to the public online and and we will create the you know the video it'll be a video and then people can go on youtube and they can watch it and follow along with the books but have you thought about doing
2: audiobooks, but maybe even online readings to introduce people to these stories? So a little bit, but not quite yet, because one of I think fifty percent of of what we we want to accomplish is the illustrations, and we think that's such an important component. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love audiobooks. My daughter has a um it's not a it's not an Alexa. It's not connected to the internet. I can control it on my phone. It's called a Sonos. Um, but my daughter has a Sono speaker in her room and she listens to audiobooks in there all the time. Um, and so I love the idea of, I mean, eventually, you know, w- one of my, my long-term visions for Heroes of Liberty when we become like a real substantial publishing company, is to do sort of young adult literature. And, and in that circumstance, the the illustrations are not as critical. Um, and so I, I would love to sort of get into the audio world with that as well.
1: Okay. That'd be great, and even books on Braille has that been discussed yet?
2: Not yet, not yet. That's that's a, a pretty tough um, it's a pretty tough mm-hmm. market to get into. Um, that's a whole other series of, um, of expertise, from a technical perspective.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. So, was there any inspiration that you draw from authors or books or, or Something that somebody else was doing um, that kind of inspired you, you know, kind of like Hillsdale or or um, some of the other things that we mentioned. I mean, where where is the inspiration from? Do you think?
2: I mean, so some of it is just the fact that we saw a really big hole in the market that this just doesn't exist, and and I think the closest um, connection would probably be Tuttle Twins, which is libertarian and it's run by uh, an organization called Libertas. And they've had wonderful success uh, teaching about um, economic principles to children. Uh, they've sold, Ooh. I think it's like over a million books now, and um, and that's like really kind of it. Um, and none of the none of books of this nature exist. And so we saw we sort of saw the success of Tuttle Twins, and said, you know, there is a market for this. If if they're selling books about economics to kids, why can't we sell books about Thomas Sowell? <laughs> Right,
1: right. So um, we're kind of coming up at the end of our our show. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience, maybe the website and and where to go? And I, I know that we're just working on a partnership with you guys. So people will be able to go to our website and, and find you as well. Uh, that's not set up yet but can you tell people just a little bit more uh, for the closing and how they can learn, learn about it? Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, we, we've done a little bit of media. So if you, if you kind of, Uh, Look on our social media. You can see uh, a segment that I did on Fox and Friends. And uh, Pete Hegseth was really enthusiastic and he showed a lot of the illustrations. And so you can kind of get a peek through the books um, by watching that clip. Uh, But the best way, the only way (laughs) to get our books right now is heroesofliberty.com. So that's it.
1: There you go, everyone. So we hope that you enjoyed the show. I certainly did. I've learned a lot. And Um, I'll link to some resources when this is published on December 24th, and we should have this up by 6 p.m. on that date, and we hope you share it with friends and family, and we wish all of you a safe and happy Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Stay safe, and we wish you a Happy New Year.
2: Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, Bethany.
1: We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings.